When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch, so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Listeners, can you hear me? Can you? I can't. can't. I'm listening. Who is this? Where are we? I'm listening. This is Katie Stoll. Katie Stoll. Yeah, and we are currently Katie Stoll. Yes, from the podcast that this is. From the podcast this is that we're currently in. The worst year ever. I never thought I'd meet you on the podcast that I host with you. Well, it's so nice to finally make your dreams come true. Yeah, I saw you before we started recording. And here, here you are still. Still. What a day. And here I always will be because, as we have said so many times, mm-hmm. time is meaningless. So this is yes, my, true. my eternal time. purgatory yes, in front I, of this mic. I welcome everybody to day like 150 of March. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we did it. We got yeah. there. We're, we're halfway through March, folks. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, I guess my name's Cody Johnston. I guess well, it is. Okay, we let's do that, not, right? We do that at the beginning of the of the shows. Know, we do. I don't know that we can prove mm-hmm. that. We do not have Sophie with us here today because she is moving, and we miss her. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, moving house locations, not physically moving. Although she might be currently physically we moving all around. I we mean, are. you're moving right now. I mean, yeah, the planet is moving. always revolving. I've been told mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. I have been told that. I'm not sure I believe it. But here we are. We're going to prevail, even though she isn't here, to keep things in check. And yeah, it'll it's going to go really smoothly, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to remember when ad breaks are, et cetera, et cetera, so on, so forth. Today, uh, we were going to talk about other things, but as usual, the news marches on. And there have been a lot of protests for a variety of different reasons over the past weekend. So we're going to dive into some of that. Some of it will be familiar territory. 
some of it will be infuriating. We're going to do it together. Yeah, we are. We're going to hang um, it together. Robert, why don't we start by having you talk to us about what you went through this past weekend in Portland? Uh, well, you know, uh, it was, uh, I, you know, a nice, nice weekend, sunny, um, kind of <laughs> low, high seventies, low eighties. Most what of the was time, the, the, um, humidity like, um, you know, it's, it's Portland, so it wasn't dry, but uh, right. it wasn't, it wasn't un, unreasonably humid. I, it's, it's kind of a perfect weather, uh, perfect weather weekend. You know, the days are still really long. So, um, it was lovely. It was so that's all there is to say about this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's most of it, right? Like that's the bulk of it. Nice um, weather. Nice weather. Uh, Nazi broke my hand with a baton, but okay, you know, let's yeah. dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, well, he was a Nazi, and he broke my hand with um with a telescoping asp baton. I wasn't happy with his choices. I'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Not well, wild about the decisions he, he, he made. Stay at stay at home. Um, yeah, yeah okay. Okay. I would stay at home. Would have been my preference for the Nazi. Uh, as a general rule, if Nazis are going to do anything, I would prefer they they be hiding in their homes. So, what was this protest? Well, it was a couple of things. So there was an event that was a um, like, and all over the country there were a bunch of QAnon events that were like rebranded as Save the Children. Um, yeah. So they were trying to kind of like rebrand and hide QAnon as an anti, you know, child trafficking thing. And um, we will be digging into that aspect of it a yes. more in a bit. So that was an aspect of it. And there were a lot of QAnoners there. Um, there was another aspect of it that was um, a back the blue rally, you know, after Portland's yeah. almost 90 days of protests. Um, some police supporters wanted to do a rally showing the police that they still supported them. And then another chunk of it was a bunch of Proud Boys showing up um, because folks like Andy No um, and other kind of right-wing agitators had made a big deal out of the fact that uh, the Sunday before, a man, a driver, um, who was uh, himself pretty intoxicated and driving erratically, uh, was kind of mistaken for someone trying to run people down by a group of also very drunk people in front of a 7-Eleven who assaulted him horrifically. Um, and one of them like cracked his skull with his foot, like like stomped him, well, not stomped him, but like kicked him while he was like, it was just a really ugly assault. And it was spun by the right-wing media as like BLM protesters attack this guy and generally like they attacked him for being white and stuff. And that's untrue. For one thing, I, I'm aware of the people who were responsible. So is every reporter who's covered it. And they're, they're people who are um, problems and have been, but are not, members of the are not members in good standing of the protest scene shall we say um and the bulk of them were just folks who were drunk in front of a 7-eleven uh and the the victim himself when interviewed when he when he got out of the hospital because thankfully he's recovered was like very clear that like these people weren't protesters this was not at or part of a protest these were just a bunch of drunk people who assaulted me um and it's not yeah. like a, a blm thing yeah that's like a thing that is really hard to sift through and keeps getting harder and worse because um, mm. this is like there there are these instances where there is just like grotesque violence and it is always spun as being a part of whatever protest it's near or at or during and 
um, more often than not, it turns out like, well, no, these are just people who were there and this happened. Yeah, and like it's always it looks like to be tied to it. A lot of the violence at the chop that occurred, right? Like, or the Chaz or whatever you want to call it in Seattle. Um, like the more information that comes out about is particularly the first shooting or the first two shootings, I think, um, the clearer it is that like a lot of this was just sort of gang related because there are pre-existing sort of yeah. like things, criminal shit. There's pre-existing criminal shit happening in the neighborhood before it got taken over and it didn't disappear just because they, they temporarily kicked the cops out. Right. Um, and that had an impact. And like, this is. This 7-Eleven, some of the people who were hanging out in front of it that night are people who have taken part in protests. Actually, a lot of them were kind of like peace police type, uh, which is the term kind of derogatorily given to some of them because they were members okay. of a group called the Portland Protest Bureau. And they're sort of the folks who try to avoid conflicts with the police, right? So th that was uh, some of the folks who were out in front that night. Um, others were people who had, you know, just attended protests one way or the other. Um, a bunch of them were just folks who I have never seen at protests in probably were just drunk in front of the 7-Eleven because that 7-Eleven in particular, you can go back a couple of years, there's stories about like, they used to, they tried playing super loud classical music outside of it in the dead of night because so many um, houseless people and other like individuals who were intoxicated were congregating by it. And it was a problem for the people who worked inside. So this, this 7-Eleven in particular is a difficult location and regularly okay. has had issues like this. Um, and, you know, th th this was not a protest where this occurred, though. It was kind of the important thing. And it was spun as being, this is part of a protest. This was a crowd at a protest who attacked this man, when that's very much not what happened. But it got a bunch of people really riled up, right? And it got them willing. It got a lot of folks wanting to go to Portland and fight. A big part of what occurred on Saturday is that for like a week or so, I mean, for weeks, people like Andy had been kind of riling people up with different edited videos of protests to try to convince them that, um, you know, uh, Portland was was out of control and there was horrible violence and it needed to be stopped by good patriots. Um, and this kind of guy getting horribly injured by a kick to the head was the last straw for a lot of them. So they were kind of framing this as like, we're going to come clean up the city. So all right. this stuff kind of coalesced into this probably 300-something people on the right-wing side, which is the largest gathering they've had in quite a while. Um, and they were very heavily armed. Yeah, it looked like very... Uh, it was very large compared to like yeah. a lot of the... Like a lot of the scuffles and like uh, just random like cosplay kind of stuff that that sporadically happens. Yeah. It seemed like a, a more organized, like, no, we're going to go. We're all going to go here. And we're all going to go for, for a rumble. We're going to try to do shield walls. A, a, a significant number of them had guns. They pretty much all had mace. A lot of them had knives. Most of them had big wooden sticks or telescoping batons or pipes. Um, they threw explosives that really badly injured two people um, that Jesus. were not just fireworks. They came ready to fucking throw down um, and wanting yeah, to seriously lot of, like, hurt people. Yeah. yeah. Just like a lot of like smoke bombs. I saw a lot of like back and back and forth, basically, just like, yeah, they'd throw it. They throw it back. They throw it back. They throw it back. That part's pretty normal, right? Yeah. Like that's 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 just smoke bombs. They, they threw things that exploded and hurt people with shrapnel. Jesus. Were there. <laughs> did anybody get arrested? No, of course not. <laughs> No, of course no. not. Not until I there mean, was a, a BLM yeah. protest that night. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. That well, there were out. like, yeah, there's a a lot of just a lot of instances of basically, um, you can see it 
uh, mm. where there are these two groups of people protesting and the police mm-hmm. have their backs towards the Proud Boys and are facing the BLM yeah. protesters. Or just like the protest, basically like Proud Boys leaving. Like, all right, we're done yeah. here. And then unlawful assembly is called. Yeah, that's what happened here. Because there actually weren't police out at all during the fighting. Like there, oh. there were there were no police that I could see anywhere. Uh, I mean, we were and they we were, were resting we up were, for the night. The whole fight occurred it directly in front of the police station. That's wild. Um, like on the steps of the police station, people were fighting, um, and they never came out. And it, it is one of those things where like it's worth mentioning, and I think worth giving them shit for. And the mayor has like come up with a really shitty response where he's like, well, "What did you expect them to do? People are angry at the police." And oh the police my God. were like, "Well, we couldn't <laughs> be out there because we were too tired from the night before, and oh, everyone, so was, joke, all of the cops I, were sleeping." Word. My oh. joke was correct. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what they said. That's literally the excuse that they Are gave. Are you fucking um, kidding me? And it it is, you know, we should we should highlight those things because it's examples of like what pieces of shit they are, um, what liars they are. But at the end of the day, I I'm glad the cops weren't there. Yeah. If right. the cops had been there, more would've people would have been hurt. Yeah. Um the the anti fascists, you know, the people of Portland. Um, very successfully rallied. You know, when the rally started, there were 50 or so right-wing folks, 20 or so left-wing folks, and then, you know, another couple of hundred right-wing folks showed up, and there were maybe 100, 150 left-wing folks. Um, and that's when they did a lot of the violence they did. But over the course of about yeah. two, two and a half hours, like a th- like 2,000 people swarmed into the park. And they were like fucking loaded to fight. Uh, like it, like w- when they start, like it, it was hundreds of people in black block, all covered up with shields, um, and like all of the like medics and stuff. They scrambled. Um, they scrambled a whole team of like a dozen trained nurses and EMTs with about an hour's notice wow. um, to be out there providing emergency medical. And when I got when they broke my hand, all I had to do was like step back from the line um, and into the park and call medic. And there was just a dude there dressing my wound. Like they, it was very, like very effective community self-defense on display. So I can say we should highlight how useless the police were because they were completely helpless and completely unwilling to help in this situation. But at the end of the day, if the police had been involved, this would have been a much uglier situation. I hear that and uh, agree of course, well, I think we need to. We need but to it does the fly in the to give face. them more naps, right? Yeah, but yeah. It does fly in the face of this whole law and order narrative of they're here to protect the community, serve the community, when they won't even show up when the actual violence is erupting, when things are actually uh, out of control. No, they'll come up to. They'll show up to you know, show yeah, Black like, Lives Matter protesters. Less- that they Last can't... night, they declared a riot within five minutes of the crowd showing up outside the Portland Police Union I mean, and just believable. immediately started launching tear gas. Yeah, it's um, a very clear example of they, they're they there to protect property. That's what yeah. they're there for. They're not there to protect people. Yeah, no, they're not there to protect people, and they're not good at protecting people. Um and they're not good at like it's one of those things. So I am, I am like, I, so I guess I should talk about the assault that happened for yeah, folks who I, haven't. That was my next question. Probably, yeah. And what you've found out about the guy's identity since then? Oh yeah, yeah. And also uh, that that Nazi trying to tell you to leave. Yeah, yeah, that happened a couple of times. So I I made a decision early on. As a journalist, you're always trying to answer questions, right? 
Um, and I kept seeing at the very start of this, some of these guys waving their weapons in people's places, telling them to move to certain areas and like doing it in like cop tones. So mm-hmm. I would stand in areas where they were not and I would start filming things, but I would stand in areas that I thought there was a chance they might attempt to advance to because I wanted to know what they would do if they moved into the space a reporter was and wanted him to move. I wanted to know how they would how they would act. Um and the answer is that they repeatedly threatened me with violence. One guy uh, shoved me or attempted to shove me. Um, he was not very good at it. Um, yeah. Another guy, I had uh, Alan Swinney, who's a, a kind of famous local neo-Nazi, uh, threatened me with a can of mace and just kept like shouting at me to move, and I didn't. And yeah, that really pissed them off. But when I Do actually they know get- who you are? Um, I don't know. I don't know that they did because, like, it's one of those things. I'm sure a number of them have heard my name because I'm pretty yeah. prominent within the town. But I'm like, I'm covered in body armor and like a full right. gas mask and like a helmet. Um, so I'm not sure if anyone recognize if they recognize okay. me at that moment. Right, and there are um, tons of people there that are dressed like that and filming stuff throughout. Yeah, and I I learned a number of things. So one thing, the guy who started shoving me when like they attempted to, they wanted me to move, and I said no, I'm filming. The guy who just started shoving me. That dude is a uh, was tied to a series of neo-Nazi murders. Had just done seven years, I think it was, in prison, uh, <laughs> and had gotten out as a convicted felon. Um, and was like he was the guy who was pretending to be a Roman centurion the whole day and like walking up and down their shield line and like banging on the yeah. shields with a stick and like give, ordering them around. Um, God, right, kind right. of a wuss, uh, to be honest. Yeah. He's spo- supposedly like an MMA guy, but he. <laughs> he didn't have a whole lot of power in his shoves, I'll tell you that much. Um, and then the guy, Alan Swinney, um, who's this very big, imposing-looking dude. Um, yeah, he wound up later in the day pulling his handgun, I think it was a three fifty-seven, and, like, brandishing it and waving it at, like, dozens of people for no reason. Um, I think he was angry because he got repeatedly maced by his own side. Um <laughs> And he got paint thrown in his over his face. Uh, I mean, look, mask. it certainly yeah. sounds irritating. Yeah, well, yeah. Made, like the one of the worst things you can do to a fascist is make them look foolish. Yeah, and yeah. he looked very silly because he kept getting covered in paint. Um, he it was really funny because he was he was the he was like shooting at people with a uh, with a fucking pepper ball the entire time, uh, <laughs> or not a pepper ball with a paintball gun the whole time, like frozen paintballs in it. Um, and like trying to look real cool. I was like filming him a bunch of times and protesters just kept throwing water balloons filled with paint at him. And eventually he was so covered in paint that he couldn't shoot people very well anymore. And the same thing happened. Like he cleaned off his face and then like he got maced a bunch. And it was like, they kept macing themselves because they all showed up (laughs) with mace because mace has been a very effective weapon in the street fights that have happened previously. Because what would happen is one of them would pull a mace canister, spray it at a group of anti-fascists, and then everyone would run away, right? Um, So it was a great go-away button. Um, And it worked when people weren't used to dealing with mace. Uh, But now everyone on the left-wing side of the crowd has been repeatedly maced and tear-gassed hundreds of times over the last three months. So everybody had gas masks, and none of them ran away when they got maced, and none of the right-wing guys, almost none of them had proper respirators or masks— so they all blinded themselves with their own mace. <laughs> it sounds like a Three Stooges sketch. Yeah, they were really bad at it. Um, Everyone is so, so, so silly. My fucking hand. So this, I'm, we're maybe an hour into it, and I'm, um, I'm in a, uh, there's a, like a fight, a, a, a giant, because like there's this long line of shields, and every now and then 
someone will walk by and like the right wingers will grab him. They'll try to grab like a a a, a shield or a, a a flag or something because um, they like to gang up and hit people. You know, three or four of them just beating on a guy or more if they can. So a fight breaks out and there's people getting knocked on the ground and swung at. And I see this like kind of right wing crowd circling around to like wail on this smaller group of people. So I run up to film it and I'm with it. There's a couple of other press who run up to film it. And as I get up to film it, there's this guy who's swinging at someone. I, I'm fairly certain they were on the ground at the time. He's got an asp baton and a shield that says, God bless America. And he finishes hitting this person on the ground. And he turns around, gets a look at me, and hits me in the hand, breaking my finger and um, putting me fractures in the socket of my hand, too, fucking up my phone a bit um, and knocking my phone to the ground. Um, so I pick up my phone. I'm bleeding pretty heavily. And I confront him after this. And I ask him, like, I wanted to, number one, clarify that he had assaulted me because I was press. So I said, hey, you know, you just assaulted me. You just assaulted press. And he said, essentially, like, I don't give a fuck. And then he assaulted me twice more. by try He, he attempted wow. to knock me down with his shield. And he couldn't because, again, he's 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 a wuss. Um, but he, like, slammed into me a couple of times trying to move me. Um, and so I yelled at him a bunch uh, until, you know, the the I, I think the proper amount had been done to establish that this guy was repeatedly assaulting me specifically because I was press and that I was unarmed and that he was, you know, committing felonies. I wanted to once it became clear that he had not accidentally struck me in a melee, I wanted to make sure there was very clear documentation of what he'd done. Um, and yeah, then uh, yeah, that was that that was that altercation. And you know, I work at Bellingcat, which is um, I don't know if we're the largest, but we're certainly the most prominent open source intelligence uh, agency in the the world. Like, it's a bunch of journalists who all all they do all day long is stuff like track down members of the Russian GRU, which is like their equivalent of the CIA, and like figure out those guys' real identities and stuff, which is you know, hard. Um, this was not difficult for them. I think it took about it was about a, a 26 hours, um, and they had this guy's identity. Um, and they crowdsourced, I think, a lot of aspects of the of the investigation. Um, and it was really funny because, like, they came to me and gave me this guy's info. And then, like, two hours later, Rose City Antifa, which is like a local anti-fascist collective in Portland, was like, hey, we identified the guy, too. Um, so even if, yeah, th th and that's one of the things that I think is important to highlight. So like I talked earlier about how I think the, the people of Portland did a better job defending themselves from this mob than the police could have. It's also local organizations did a better job of tracking down the culprit than I think a police detective would yeah. have done. Um, and it, it was nice to know that even if like I hadn't, you know, had the benefit of working for Bellingcat, that this guy would have been tracked down because it's what these people do. It's like what these different anti-fascist groups have been doing for quite a while now. Um, it really is comforting to know that there are people out there doing the actual work. Yeah, it's very important. Um, so yeah, this guy assaults me. It wasn't a big, you know, I um, it was it wound up being, I think, probably the most viral or one of them videos of the of the event, um, because it was just sort of. It was it 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 wound up being a very kind of striking looking moment. Um, yeah, it's blatant. It's very yeah it's, yeah, and it it's frustrating. Like I, I I think it's important for me to highlight that like when they commit an assault like that, but they assaulted like people that I know, activists I know who were like in block and hurt them, like broke bones and stuff. Um, and just sort of because of the nature of what those people do, of kind of their own opinions on law enforcement, of their need for privacy. 
um, you know, they don't, they're not getting this kind of attention when like these people have been doing damage to them and violence to them in that way for a very long time. Um, and so I do think I have a responsibility as someone injured in this very clear and blatant way. Um, and kind of as a result of sort of the way Andy No weaponized, you know, getting, getting hit, I, I have a responsibility to let people know what the actual reality of the situation on the ground yeah. is and how violent these people are. Yeah. Um, and how violent they are towards press who are just attempting to do their lawful job. Um, I think that's important for me to do. Um, I do feel a bit bad because there's a lot of people that they hurt who can't, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I don't think can effectively get that kind of justice. I mean, just yeah. at that event alone, like, there were yeah. people. Um, Tons I of was... so many brutal assaults. Yeah. Might I suggest, yeah. though, that um, this incident that broke your hand uh, might cause you to suddenly have a British accent for a couple of months? Well, boy, yeah. crikey. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not I ready see. to... You uh, have not uh, considered chip this? Chim, chim, chiru. Uh, saying, uh, chimney sweep. Okay. I withdraw, I withdraw my public suggestion. I would suggest maybe work on that, but uh, definitely do it for a while. Oh, well. what? I'm gonna commit a genocide in Bengal, I am. Uh, wait, shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, on mm. that note, seems like a good time to go to an ad break. God, we're so good at these accents. So I don't know why I don't have a career as an actor anymore. We're gonna mm -hmm. take a quick break, and we're gonna come back and talk about more protests. Yum, yum, yum. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. 
Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're back. We is Returno. We is Returno. Yeah. We returned, mate. Crikey. Good, good, all around. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk uh, about, uh, oh yeah, I just, I guess I should go over like how the, how the day ended because I do think it's fun. Um, We could all use a little fun. Yeah, it it was, because it it worked out actually really, I mean, so you had this kind of escalating series of really ugly fights. At one point they were trying to tear apart the BLM snack van with their bare hands until they all got horribly maced away from it. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely assaulting private property there, which they say is the horrible thing that protesters do. Mm. Um, and yeah, they were trying to beat people, but like the crowd around them got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and so it, it, and it kind of, it it wound up with, again, you had this huge mash of anti-fascists, only like a hundred or so of whom were actually all kind of, you know, gathered up in a semi-organized way around their shield line, which was like 200, 300 people. Um, and like the the chunk of the anti-fascist lines that was actually a shield wall was only a few dozen people. It was much smaller than their shield wall. But the anti-fascist shield wall knew what they were doing and had experience like working under fire and advancing under fire. So they started advancing. So like they, or so they have like a standoff with these guys, right? Where neither side is willing to advance into the other. Um, but both sides are throwing things, bottles, rocks, you know, uh, they they chucked a couple of pipes. The anti-fascists were li- more likely to throw some rocks. Um, the odd smoke bomb. And uh, so they're chucking stuff at each other. And in the middle of this standoff, a group of four, uh, I believe it was four um, black women with a BLM banner kind of walk in between the two shield walls. And they're unarmed. They're not even, I didn't even see them in protective gear. And the guys in the shield wall try to grab their their sign and pull it inside. And I think they might've been trying to pull one of them in to beat on them too, but I, I can't confirm that. But they were definitely they charged at them essentially and the group folks on the left like pulled them back and there was a fight over that and eventually they got pushed back and as they were getting pushed back a bunch of them panicked and so like a bunch of guys on that line all sprayed mace at the same time um and then maced themselves because it blew back onto their lines and so suddenly like 150 200 of them are like backing away and fleeing because they've got mace in their eyes and they weren't ready for it and so they still had this chunk of guys a bigger chunk than the anti-fascists who were in like an organized shield wall and they threw a firework at the left-wing shield wall and it did nothing right because like we're they're used to having federal grenades blow up in the middle of them they don't panic because a firework hits them um and then someone on the left-wing side throws a firework back at the right-wing guys, and they just break and scatter. And so now you've got this mob of two, three hundred, you know, right-wing extremists, I'm sure all committed libertarians, I'm sure all big liberty movement people, most of whom are armed, uh, many of them with firearms, running away from, like, mostly teenagers with plastic shields. Um, and they run for this group of so-called libertarians, runs for cover to the IRS building. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> yeah. it's where all the federal agents were bunked up. So you see like all Sleeping. these like right-wing extremists run to the IRS for help. <laughs> I love it. Help, help is theft, actually. So. Um, You're and right, the feds, that is a fun end to the day. The feds were not willing to, to protect them. So oh, they all shucks. just ran like fuck away. And it was very funny. Um, but it was a real... 
real win. And now they're all fighting online about how things went so badly, um, which is great. And it, it, you know, there were a number of things that it showcases. One of them is that, like, it was just incredibly dumb of these people to think that after all that these protesters have been through, they could walk into Portland, try to engage them in a fight on yeah. in the same way and and not get their asses kicked. Because like, you guys have uh, been doing this. You've been learning. Yeah. yeah I mean, know. yeah, there's the behavior, like the, all the videos of them trying to intimidate you even of like, mm-hmm. well, they're cops. They want to be cops, basically. Yeah. You're, and, you want to be cops, but it, it, like you're, you're not nearly as scary as cops. Because yeah. for one thing, <laughs> if you try to fuck with me, I can kick your ass and nothing will happen to me. Yeah. Like I, I, a cop, there's a certain point at which I just have to do what they say. Otherwise, I'm going to get arrested or beaten and they will be essentially like it will be very hard for me to to secure any kind of remedy. I certainly cannot fight back against a cop. Right. I can choke you into unconsciousness if you if you attempt to do certain things to me and I will be fine. Like if you if you start beating me with a stick and I cannot get away. Like I can do whatever I need to do to take you down, and I like I'm not scared of you because you're not a cop and you're not even good at shoving. Like fucking, yeah. <laughs> not even good at shoving. <laughs> Bunch of babies. Like it's so important to them to be seen Proud as good at fighting, and none of you were good at it. Like you're you're just just children. Um, well, I'm glad that you seem to be in good spirits. I'm glad that you have found the name of the person who assaulted mm-hmm. you. I am grossed out by so many things that you have explained about this weekend. I think that we should spend some time talking about the other protests we've seen across the country over the past few days. Uh, Cody, you were looking into some of the Save the Children QAnon rallies that happened. Yeah. you want to talk about that a um, bit? Yeah, briefly, it's um, so many protests over the weekend. My yeah, goodness. we're gonna we're gonna uh, bring this home by talking about uh, Kenosha and everything that happened there. But this is important too. Yeah, this kind of leads into it. Um, just uh, as we talked about last week, uh, the Q stuff is uh, going international. Um, there That's were protests. Good. Yeah, That's where it needs UK. to go. Yeah, we need to, we need it every global. Well, they're globalists, you see. QAnon is globalists. Ah, um, and uh, yeah, so uh, protests in the UK. Um, more than two hundred Facebook and uh, Instagram events uh, were calling for these protests to happen, and they're not presented as QAnon protests. And that's no. uh, that's an important thing to mm-hmm. note because. What they're advertised as, as, uh, well, one, defund Hollywood, which is fun. Um, yeah. And save the children. Um, save the and children. I don't know. So, like, if I were to which go up to you and. Which an organization that has been around for decades, my father used to work for, nothing to do with QAnon. Bet it has nothing to do with QAnon. Exactly. Um, but if I were to go up to you and say, hey, would you like to save the children? What would yeah. you say to that? Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah, of they, course they, not. Whatever. I, look. They've got person, what's coming for them. You're a person when you're 18, you know? That's, See, that's this yeah. is the diversity of thought that you can find mm-hmm. on this podcast. But this um, is what's so insidious. I mean, I, I mentioned the people that I see in my feed, and this is the thing where people are like, 
I support Black Lives Matter, but of course I want to save the children. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. Well, it's and, and it's 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 frustrating too because it's not necessarily like purposefully insidious in all cases because that's what these people believe they're doing. Yeah. It, it's yes. like if it's like if a it's like if a support group group for like people who were convicted. Uh, like rapists it's like if they decided to like hold a rally to save the whales it's like yes the the whales ought to be saved but like in no way should you be the, yeah. the deliverer of this message like right. you should you shouldn't be here <laughs> like this yeah is, maybe yeah. like sit yeah. this one out maybe <laughs> yeah. um so you have all these people uh gathering in hollywood holding up signs for like save the children and people are honking because of course we want to save the children um, but then amidst all these protesters, you've got Pizzagate signs, you've got QAnon signs, you've got people talking about adrenochrome, of course, uh, frazzle drip, which I'm not even going to get into. Um, that's good. That was a new one for me. Um, but we're not going to discuss what that is. Um, Sounds like some sort of Muppet. Um, it might be. Nice we can't that- confirm to a point of legal certainty that it isn't. Frazzle drip yet. is a really anxious. Uh, mm-hmm. personification of post-nasal drip. Anyway, Dr. Teeth continue. and the electric frazzle drip. Um, yeah, so, uh, and, you know, people holding up signs like, the real pandemic is child trafficking. Oh. Um, which, again, nobody likes child no. trafficking. No. That's something we all agree on. Yep, everyone's anti-child trafficking, um, but we don't all agree on what is is real. Yeah, because, exactly because, what reality is. Because the child trafficking they think is happening, it doesn't happen. It's a fantasy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, um, in, in, it's in the way fa- that they are conceiving face, it. Face-eating cannibal people in government. Also, you're, you're the thing. putting it in, the, in a way where it's like, in order to save the children, I have to accept the fact that this pandemic is fake. Right. Um, anyway, and so so yeah, it was. It's just a uh, it's a concern, I think, because uh, also you have it's an it's part of it is optics, right? You have uh, these this movement, this QAnon movement that is a cult and it is dangerous. And just uh, like last week, a woman just followed people around in her car and uh, attacked uh, people with children because she thought they were child sex trafficking, but it was just people. Yeah, it's great. Um, there's this dangerous behavior happening, not at these protests, so you don't have, you're not able to, like, plaster, like, look at the, the violence of the QAnon. It's all part of this movement. It's not the, the outward-facing um, face, uh, which is the, hey, child tra- sex trafficking is bad, which, yes. So how many, do you know uh, how many protests for Save the Children happened I don't know the, the total of, of but protests. It was they were it, they were everywhere. Everywhere. Even here um, in Los Angeles, there was a big one. Yeah, big one in Hollywood. Like I said, there were uh, some in the UK. A lot of people in the UK were even like, wait, what is QAnon? Yeah. Um, it's great. something that, and this is something also that uh, I want to get into later, um, at a later date probably, but just the um, the handling of this by the media mm-hmm. is not very good. <laughs> Um, even on MSNBC the yes. other day, they were joking about how they pr- they pronounced I it Quainon. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. They're like, Jesus. It, well, she was actually reading it off the prompter and, um, and just went Quainon. Yeah. And then it was like this moment of like, <laughs> I've never read it and said it out loud and having this funny moment, but like just 
not then don't talk into about why it. it's so or, dangerous. Yeah. Um, and just to sort of like is big because funnily enough, a day after we recorded a podcast mm-hmm. in which we literally talk about how don't ask the president about QAnon because no matter what he says, they'll view it as support. Somebody asked him about QAnon the next day. Yeah. Um, and he answered like one would expect he would answer. Um, although it was actually probably worse than I would have imagined because he said like they're great people and they're like trying to save the world or whatever. Um, Is that what he said? I, he, yeah, he, he like, said it was. It was like, and if they support me, then great, you know. Yeah, and it was yeah, basically just like I, you know, uh, they're good people and stuff like that. Um, and the question was very irresponsibly asked too. It was like, so people think you're trying to. Uh, save the world from pedophiles. What do you say to that? And it's like, well, of course he's going to say good because nobody likes pedophiles, right? Like that's not a that's not a responsible way to ask about this cult. Unless it's Elaine, in which case we wish her well. Uh, well, yeah, we yeah. I mean, yeah, you want to well, check her. Obviously, you want you want to make sure she's okay. She's your friend, right? Like sometimes your friends do things you don't approve of. Sure. And you still, they're still your friends, you it's know? It's like a real... Exactly, yeah. you're not going to cut them out of your life. You're it's not, a real, you know. like, Sarah yeah, like, Silverman, Louis C.K. situation. You're yeah, not like, yeah. look, like, nobody's perfect. Like, I've got friends who have drinking problems, and is, is that really so different from helping to run an international child molestation uh, yes. engine? I'm going to go with yes. Okay, yeah, okay, taken. that might have been a bad example. Yeah, I, I have friends who listen to a lot of Nickelback. Is that really so much worse than sexually trafficking hundreds of children no harder to say no but it's, also, the it's the same it's morally it's identical not, yeah morally um, identical <laughs> so uh that was not great and then the aftermath of that was a bunch of people who don't know what it is writing about it <laughs> and talking about how like all oh, these crazies and and they're oh, all the like just uh not really addressing what it is uh, or the problems with it, and more just like, I can't believe these people believe these things, um, mm-hmm. which again is not very helpful. Um, and then laughing about how they don't even know how to pronounce it. Yes, because that's how you bring people into your fold. Yeah, right. this is at them. why traditional media has repeatedly proven itself almost useless in terms of creating a more just uh, or even a better informed society. Because it's so bad at actually knowing what to care about, uh, what to report on, what like what, like like it's it for one thing, just kind of the nature of the news cycle means that none of these people are ever competent, right? None of them know. It's like Jake Tapper jumping into the fucking Andy No thing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. None of them ever know a goddamn thing about most of the stuff they report on, and they have to report on everything. So you've got these people who we have to do a QAnon thing now, and it's never a question of. Should we understand QAnon and like what the actual level of import is and Talk what it to means? Talk people who've covered it before. Like, no, we just have to fill ten minutes. So that's a really good point, Robert. Yeah, and it's something that you know I think that we've grappled with talking about the news. Cody and I, especially over the past few years, doing our show, some more news and even more news, and there was this decision that we made early on where it was like, you know what? In order to be responsible about some of this, we don't always have to be uh, leading on a story. This is a little bit different, but in general, it was like, let's be responsible, do the work and do the research and make sure that this thing is really uh, 
accurate. Obviously, yeah, make sure the information's out. And, there's and we have a different job than the nightly news journalists, but we look to them as these people that have all the answers and can tell us all the information that we need, and they don't have it. They don't know. You couldn't possibly, yeah. you know, yeah. especially right now. And and there, it just highlights how irresponsible so much reporting is right now. Yeah, and especially with Twitter, it's so easy to fall mm-hmm. into the 24-hour news disease. Uh, it didn't start with Twitter. Yes. It didn't start this year or in 2016. It started a long time ago. But this is 80s. kind of... Yeah, this is this is the kind of uh, logical conclusion to that. It's the next the next step, and don't just rush for a thing. And that's what everybody did when the president was foolishly asked publicly about QAnon. Um, and one of the main th- like one of the, the like QAnon has a lot of different uh, points of entry. We talked about this a lot last week. And one of those points of entry for the movement is the media and how people don't trust the media. Um, and there are reasons to not trust a lot of the media. And a lot, like a lot of the interviews with people at this Hollywood protest, are like, yeah, I started doing research into this because I don't trust the media. Um, and this is like the the presence asked about QAnon, all these protests. Uh, this happened during the DNC, where Bill Clinton spoke uncritically, spoke to the nation, like with support from the party, and Bill Clinton. It was very good friends with Jeff Epstein. Like, we don't need to get yeah. into that. But, like, that is that is a problem. Yeah, there's pictures of him un- getting back rubs by some of the people who have accused Jeffrey Epstein of sexually trafficking them. Like, yes. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, a problem. Yeah. That he's, picture he is came a out problem. the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, the speech. day of it. And and that kind of that kind of thing is not helpful. And if you have people sort of, like, just jumping into this, not really knowing or caring what it is about, and, and sort of dismissing it, while at the same time being like, oh, Bill Clinton making a comeback, excuse me? That's not yeah. helping at all. Uh, we need to be able to call things what they are and look at that and go, maybe he shouldn't be speaking. Uh, maybe he should be in prison. But so so there's so there are all these sort of like this confluence of like just like all these things that bring people into QAnon who mean well. They don't trust the media for uh, various reasons. They think they want to protect the children, which is a good thing. One quote I think is very telling and is part of just sort of this problem that we've been talking about uh, with this and in general. At this protest, someone said, quote, I I love the hope and the perspective it offers. I love that it's not this negative beat down approach to try to force agendas. Q is very much inviting, inclusive. Um, And that is what you see at their protests. Aside, like there's some MAGA people and there's some like you know, Proud Boy stuff, like you're saying, like, there were some Q people at the Proud Boy protest. Um, but outwardly, uh, it, it like, it is a cult, so it is going to be inclusive. It is going to be inviting. They do want more and more people to join. They do think they're doing this good thing. Uh, the, the pro- like, part of the protest ended here in Hollywood by a bunch of people singing Amazing Grace. You know? Oh, and, you gotta tear con- gas the shit out of that. You can't let exactly. people be doing that shit. No, no, no. Uh, but, but contrast that with a clip that is widely going around now, of course, and is going to be plastered on conservative media as proof of everything else being wrong. Um, it's this uh, BLM protest, and I think DC, and it's this crowd of people uh, basically like descending on this woman at a diner eating and uh, shouting like an inch from her face, demanding that she put her fist up in support of their protest. Oh, very uh, dumb. Very yeah. aggressive. Very white, dumb. White silence is 
white violence. Yeah, yeah. and just like they're, it's very aggressive, and um, it's not, it's not going to convince that woman of anything. If anything, it'll push her away. It certainly doesn't protest state violence. Like if you're protesting state violence, well, and the, um, maybe this woman isn't the target for that. When um, she was interviewed, the woman made it clear, like, I've actually marched in a lot of BLM rallies. Like, I just didn't feel comfortable putting my arm up because a group of strangers rushed me at a restaurant and demanded it. Well, which is, would? I would not have. I, I've been out at these protests, you know, 50, 60 times at least. I would not want to um, do it in that situation because that's deeply uncomfortable. I never, yeah. I am never going to want to do something that a crowd of strangers rushes up and demand a demands yeah. that i do screaming in your face demanding yeah. you do that exactly that's like i don't care if i support the cause like fuck you you don't get to do that to me it's not how humans work yeah, yeah. um, um it is it's just it's just a uh it's it's stop first of all stop doing that shit come on yeah um but also contrast that with these people who are like really dangerous and like unhinged and in this uh weird death cult um, yeah. singing Amazing Grace and talking about how inviting and inclusive it is, it is. And, like, the media, you can't trust the media because the Bill Clinton shit. Like, it's, uh, the the optics, uh, the difference is very stark. Um, the contrast is there. Yeah. And it's something to consider if you're out protesting state violence and bothering some random woman having a meal outside. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We need to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Kenosha also, apologies to our listeners. If you can hear the heavy metal in the background, it is out of my control. <laughs> and it's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. And we are now officially back from that break. Yeah. Um, the heavy metal has died down for the moment. Hopefully that maintains. Not in our hearts, Katie. Not in, not our, in hearts. our hearts. Never in our hearts. Just in this physical space that I currently exist in. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Kenosha. Um, whew, this is a story. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen coverage and talk about this, but we're going to dig in and make sure you know all of it. All of it. So on Sunday evening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, police officers shot a black man named Jacob Blake seven times in the back as he got into his car with his family. Where his three children were already his in the vehicle, three by the way. Three ch- children, yeah. um, seven times. As of this recording, Jacob is still alive but paralyzed. Um, this is from the New York Times to describe the incident. In a video taken from an apartment window across the street, several several officers can be seen standing on a sidewalk next to a four-door SUV. The man identified as Mr. Blake wearing a white tank top and black shorts is seen walking along the passenger side of the vehicle away from the officers who are yelling. At least one of them points a gun at him. Mr. Blake walks around the front of the vehicle and opens the driver's side door. Several people can be heard yelling, and one officer is seen grabbing Mr. Blake's shirt. As Mr. Blake opens the vehicle's door, at least a half a dozen shots are heard, while at least two officers can be seen with their guns pointed at him. The video, which is about 20 seconds long, and shortly after the shooting. So, what did Jacob do to warrant this response? According to witnesses, he was trying to break up a fight and get his kids out of there. This is from the Daily Beast. A witness said the scene quickly turned chaotic, describing a group of officers rushing an officer who fired the shots into a waiting squad car, which sped away. Protesters assembled immediately, later throwing bricks and bottles at police who answered with tear gas. The whole thing went viral very quickly, like it did with George Floyd. Uh, and by that evening, hundreds of angry... Yeah, I, I can remember, just to, to break in for a yeah, second. Yeah, please I can, do. Re- I can remember, I, we, I was at a meeting with a bunch of local press in Portland. We're all having like a, a meeting and talking together at a restaurant. And uh, I think it was my colleague Sergio who showed me the video uh, when it was at maybe 200,000 views. Um, and he was like, I think this is going to be like the next. And sure enough, you know, by that evening, they yeah. were lighting, you know, uh, uh, buildings on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the same thing over and over again. Um, by that by Sunday evening, hundreds of angry protesters had gathered downtown, um, you know, lighting garbage trucks on fire, shattering shop windows that kind of thing. I mean, you guys are all familiar now what happens when, when people are murdered and nobody listens um, and when nothing changes. Uh, no, this seems totally unpredictable to me. Who could have is... guessed that the thing that repeatedly happens now <laughs> would happen again? That everybody's still very angry and have has... I thought the police yeah. had used enough tear gas to solve this problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently not. Um, the officers involved in the shooting have not been arrested or fired, uh, placed on administrative leave. Also, I don't have all the specifics here, but this is a long time coming there, apparently. There has been so much corruption and police 
uh, shootings and lack of justice. Um, but anyway, things escalated from there. That seems uh, to be a common theme in these shootings. It does, doesn't it? Uh, Monday night, uh, you know, everything once again erupted. Um, it started off with peaceful protests. And I can't stress that enough. Peaceful protests that later turned into what we will call riots um, after police got involved. But yes, um, the organizers were very adamant about things being peaceful and, you know, shouting, we're not doing anything to you. But they also talked about how they were prepared for the probability that things would escalate once police got involved. Um, So, you know, the typical things happened. Curfew was put into place. The National Guard was brought in. When people didn't disperse, tear gas was fired. Uh, As we know, (laughs) that doesn't deter protesters anymore. It just ramps things up. And what happens next is heartbreaking and predictable. Uh, Businesses were set on fire, you? smashed up. Uh, probation and parole, parole office was burnt down. Uh, a parking lot. That one. That one's not so heartbreaking. No, not heartbreaking. That, that one actually ruled. Yeah. No, <laughs> that one's fine. Yeah. Um, at one point, uh, organizers were telling people that a Blue Lives Matter counter protest was also happening. Uh, this is from the Daily Beast again. Quote, organizers told the crowd that they had heard Blue Lives Matter counter protesters were on the scene and urged protesters to remain peaceful and to look out for children. At one point, a car surged into the crowd and was abruptly blocked by activists, initi- in- igniting angry shouts as the crowd chanted Black Lives Matter. Um, the crowd continued to march, forcing the car back, defiantly chanting Black Lives Matter. As the evening went on, protesters started protecting themselves behind a homemade barricade with umbrellas and, you know, wood uh, as officers fired projectiles at them. A lot of people got hurt. Medics were called to the scene. Um, And this didn't just happen in Kenosha. Of course, this was the epicenter of of these protests, but there were protests uh, in several cities in America. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers has condemned the shooting, calling for a special legislative session to take action um, you know, with several bills aimed to reduce police oh. brutality. Yeah. Are you I saying know. that maybe you get immediate legislative action when buildings are on fire? Seems like it. Seems, Seems like, like that's that's the lesson. Gets their attention. Well, he, yeah. he also includes a ban on police chokeholds and no doc search warrants, which is, of course. You know what there should be a ban on is cops shooting people in the yeah. fucking back. Exactly. <laughs> like that really would not have helped this situation. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that uh, immediately the Kenosha uh, Professional Police Association responded to uh, the governor uh, <laughs> defending the Sunday incident and called Evers' decision uh, wholly irresponsible. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's. I, so is there was is the responsible thing to shoot more people in the back? I have a Unclear. feeling that's what he'd say. I yeah, they didn't say it, but it, it's the unsaid thing that really sings here. Just gonna throw this in on on Monday. Joe Biden, our Democratic nominee, called for an immediate, full, and transparent investigation, uh, and also the dismantling of systemic racism. Um, how Joe? How how, how? Joe? Yes, uh, but we can compare this with his former former uh, primary rival, Bernie Sanders, who tweeted that the cops who shot Blake should be fired, arrested, and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, I, I put this in there just to underscore that, yes, 
Joe Biden is the guy who's going to dismantle the police and plunge our country into anarchy. You mean, you mean the guy who bolstered the carceral straight state for his entire career until this very moment? Yeah. The guy oh, yeah. who, in the wake of George Floyd, uh, thinks that we should give more money to the police. Officers? The guy who, I'm sorry, last week he was being interviewed about this. And he, Adam, was like, I don't want to defund the police. I want to give more money to the police. You know who wants to defund the police? Donald Trump. Yeah. Is what he said. <laughs> you wow. Anyway, and vote it's, for it's Biden. One of those, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like I, you know, some of my reporting, I've talked about how, you know, I I have reported on actions as effective or ineffective. You know, and those actions involved mild arson, right? Like, and P, all of the buildings that have been lit on fire in Portland have been like mild, very mild damage. And general, like just for show, I've never seen anyone seriously attempt to immolate a building and burn it down. Um, which isn't to say that I like, I actually, I actually really dislike it every time those fires tend to be lit because I just worry about fire in general. I fought a couple of out of control fires and I'm concerned when people mess around with fire. Um, but at the same time, no one has provided me with any evidence of anything that actually works better for achieving right. legislative change. Like that's the lesson that's being continually taught to the people of this, the particularly the young people of this country is that the only thing that they don't ignore is property destruction. Mm -hmm. So what else do you do? Yeah. I mean that, uh, that building that was reduced to rubble uh, yes. on the side of it said, are you listening yet? Yeah. 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 That's, that's, I mean, look at Minneapolis. Yes. <laughs> Yes, look at Minneapolis. Look at Seattle, where they lit the construction yes. site for that youth prison on fire. Um, that's the lesson people keep being taught, is that we will fight and refuse and laugh at you and mock you if you ask for any kind of meaningful change unless you burn buildings down, in which case you get what you want, more unless or less. Unless you seize yeah. power. And yeah. I don't like this reality. I would, I would prefer that we as a 21st century society have other ways of achieving change. But the people who are in the levers of power, particularly the police unions um, and the politicians who are afraid of them, have made it very clear for decades that no, they, will, they refuse any yeah. kind of change. And so what, what, they've left people with no other options but to do what they're doing in Kenosha, right? Yeah. That's the only thing left. And... <laughs> Maybe not the lesson that they want to be teaching. Like the lesson I mean, you, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I, I think it's obviously this. The people that have been interviewed in the articles covering this don't speak for everyone, but there seems to be a lot of people who are heartbroken at mm -hmm. what's happening in their community, sick about the loss, the damages sustained to to businesses and property, and supportive of it. And frustrated that it comes to this because they get it. And again, that's not everybody, I'm sure. But in general, right. people in these communities are like, yeah, we live under this. Mm -hmm. This has to fucking change. And also, it should be noted that Blake's shooting came just a couple days after a black man named Trayford Pellerin was killed by police in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, as he was walking away from officers, the cops fired mm -hmm. 11 bullets at him outside of a gas station when they were responding to a disturbance uh, involving a, a man with a knife. Um, Stop shooting people in the back. So many, but 
and and I yeah, say this because this that. happened two days ago, two days p- before uh, this other incident. But like, it's been happening. It never stopped happening. Um, it's so frustrating. And I keep thinking this weekend as as I've been watching the news, what you've said throughout the summer, Robert, is that you feel like it's going to come to a head again in August. And here I we mean, are. It's, it, it does seem to be. Uh, it sure seems to be coming to a head. Like uh, Kenosha is pretty wild right now. Um, the protests in Portland are not calming down. I will probably have another fight with right wingers. Um, I suspect there will be another i suspect before this month is over at least one or two more cities will erupt in the way that chicago and kenosha have over another shooting maybe more um it, this is just well, the also, world yeah now. it's also yeah. it's over a shooting but it's also over the reaction to the shooting it's over public officials yes. response to the shooting is, is what really sparks these things if by the time a video like that started to go viral the cop behind it was in fucking chains in a jail cell being charged with murder, mm-hmm. um, you would see a lot less shit getting fucked up, especially if a couple of those guys got convicted and people saw, no, yes. no, no, this isn't just for show. When cops do this shit, they lose their whole life. Yeah. Like, yep. that's and, what needs yeah. to happen. In conjunction yeah. with, like, yeah, we're going to uh, use some of these funds that the police get every year to do this instead that will help people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, also, like I, administrative leave is how you get what's going on, not yeah. like, oh, look at him. He's in handcuffs. It's a cop. It happened. Yeah. yeah. No, you guys are com- correct. Of course you're correct. That would change everything. It would show that people's concerns are actually being heard, that they cared, but they don't. Care. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it would just, it would be, it would honestly be, it would not be nearly enough if they were to just be arresting these police, because there's massive, much more systemic yeah. problems than individual officers. But on a tactical level, it would defray a lot of the anger, and the fact that they're not even willing to do that, they're not even willing to push for legitimate punishment for someone who's obviously committed a crime, shows that they don't care about law and order. They want to be a separate class of human being in our mm-hmm. society who is immune to any kind of consequences for their actions and who gets to do harm to whoever they want. They want to. There was a moment last weekend during the protests where protesters were being driven away by police and they were like marching compliantly and police were like shoving and hitting people. And in order to keep together all of the members of the crowd who were getting away from these cops as quickly as possible, like linked arms and held each other as they moved to stay together and stop from getting like pulled apart or knocked apart or lost in a gas cloud. And one of the officers on the bullhorn said, holding each other's hands is unlawful behavior. Jesus. Uh, like, like you just, like, they, they think they get to make, the, that is how they, that is the average police officer. They make up stuff. Yeah, they get to make yeah. up stuff, whatever they, they want They believe to say. whatever they th- feel is the law. And they want, they are willing to fight and kill to maintain that privilege. Um, yeah. And again, the lesson that they've repeatedly taught the country is that all we listen to is when you light our things on fire. Yep. You know, I saw a video of a police officer get hit in the head with a damn brick and he dropped like a set. And I'm sure he's got permanent damage as a result of it. And my question was, what did he expect would happen when he aligned himself with the force that walks through neighborhoods shooting people in the back? That he'd be able to walk around safely in those neighborhoods? Is that how he thought that would go? Because if that's the case, then he's ignoring 10,000 years of how human beings react to occupying armies. Yeah. Arrest the officers that killed Breonna Taylor. 
Yeah, that'd be good. Seems that'd like be great. Good, seems like a helpful thing too. Also, this is not a new point. I'm sure it's a point that so many of our listeners have made. Shouldn't just be this outrage when it's a black person who's done nothing wrong. It should be this outrage for anybody that's being killed during an interaction with police officers. They don't get to sentence somebody to a death sentence. Yeah, That's not their job description. It's this idea that like, yeah, because now there's people being like trying to pull up this guy's criminal history or whatever, like they always do. Um, or pointing out like he should have just done what officers say. And if you're that kind of person, if you're, well, look, even if they're wrong, you just do what the cops say. You're saying that it, we live in a society where there's a group of people who get to go around and murder people if they aren't obeyed instantaneously in whatever they command. And that's not a free society. Also, why do we think that a black person would trust or any person, but especially a black person in this in this America, any version of America, how do we expect that they trust that a, a police officer won't kill them anyway? How do you trust that they're going to be not brutalized in front of their family if they just comply? You can't. No, you can't, you can't trust can trust them at all because they're liars. So anyway, that's Kenosha as of... This so morning. many different kinds of protests this weekend. My yeah. goodness. The protest episode. A yeah. mm-hmm. lot going on in the streets. Um, Not a sure. lot going on in the election, which is no. still the literal fascist versus the man who wasn't even a good candidate 20 years ago. Fun? Not fun, great. Fun. Yeah. And it's... the RNC is really something else. Just like. Yeah. That's yeah. not for this episode. It's though. not. It's not. I don't have goodness. the emotional bandwidth for the RNC. No, you guys can tune in to uh, even more news <laughs> later this week, and we will talk all about the RNC and other things because I don't want to do a whole episode on it, but mm-hmm. we will cover it. But I think that does it for us here today. Couldn't agree can... more. Could not agree more with you. I, that I could agree more. But oh. I'm going to make you work for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? You can find us online at Worst Year Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That you seems can follow accurate. us. I'm not going to give our handles. You guys know it by now. Yeah, you know where um, we live online. Yeah. yeah. Find us. Hit us up find with us. them likes and Google retweets. the word online. Yeah. Or simply look at the Google Cody.internet <laughs> at Netscape.org. Mm-hmm. Backslash Encarta. Bas- yep. Exactly. That's how Simple. you find all of us. Mm-hmm. Cody right. is a collective made up of Katie and I. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Getting to some sci-fi shit here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That's it. Assimilate Please. you later. Yeah. Play us out, us. Everything's so dumb. Everything's so dumb and it's gonna get dumber. Great. I tried. Yes. Daniel? Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. 
Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.